How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Start with two episodes of Top Chef, then Chopped. When I was a kid, we'd worry about buffering. Now they just worry about what's on the charcuterie board. Enjoy these fine meats and cheeses. Mm. These are just cut up hot dogs and spray cheese. Indeed. The best way to stream your favorites is on the Xfinity 10G network. Introducing the best value in live TV and streaming on the best network with Xfinity Internet and Now TV. Now through March 21st, get Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with no annual contract. Plus, add Now TV with Peacock Premium. A $5.99 a month value included at no extra cost for just $20 a month. Switch today. Requires paperless plan and auto pay stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Now TV requires Xfinity Internet. Equipment taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply. Actual speeds vary. Stream Top Chef on Peacock. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Seeing Crossfeeds, the Kershaw Appeals, lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, on X, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. I'd feel a lot better today, Jeffrey, if I could have come in here and said I met Connor Stallions while I was away in Houston. Well, that was on you, apparently. I know. I found out last night that there was video that said... Well, wait. We got to talk about your buddy Hyatt. I was... I apparently know Michigan fans better than he knows Michigan fans as Mm. a Michigan fan. That guy was getting paraded like a hero. Well, so here's what I'll say. So I found out last night that where we celebrated the national championship in Houston on Monday night was where Connor Stallions was. Um, I had no idea he was there while I was at the place. Connor Stallions being the uh, if you the the reason why in some people's minds uh, Michigan quote unquote cheated. Some would say there's no quotes needed. Well, I mean, there would be some that would also point out the the fact that your coach was previously suspended during the season for another rules violation, but continue. Um, self-imposed penalties, Jeffrey. Um, but nonetheless... Uh, they, they went back for more. Well, I do wonder... I don't think I would be comfortable taking a picture with Connor Stallions, though. Well, it depends on how drunk you were. I mean, yeah, I wasn't... I mean, I wouldn't call myself... Su- I, was, I was not... I was drunk, but I was not super drunk. Um, I think I would have wanted to like write something about it. 
I think that would have been a horrible idea. <laughs> Um, nonetheless, I'm a little disappointed that I wish I had like seen him, you know, in the flesh, the guy who like ultimately is going to be like the Steve Bartman of, no, y'all won. We won. So it's like, yeah, you're right. It is, but it is, he'll be better off than Bartman. Bartman. I guarantee that guy gets a championship ring. Stallions. Well, it's, it, it became clear to me when he posted a picture of himself with Chase Win or Chase Winovich posted the picture of him at the Rose Bowl um, that, like, the Michigan program. He's not a pariah. Yeah, he's not a pariah. So, uh, nonetheless, that was about the only – that was – that was a little disappointing. I just wanted it for you. I I think you would have uh, gotten a kick out of me meeting Connor Stallions. Well, no, I wanted him to be at the tailgate. (laughs) I didn't care really about you, whether or not – like, you partying with Connor Stallions meant nothing to me. But we came – but I came back to Memphis yesterday and – was welcomed back with one hell of a Grizzlies game. Um, it's, it was like a fun 24 hours to watch sports of teams, whether I cover them or uh, follow them. Like, that was... I got news was, for you, buddy. It's been a, that's, that was 48 hours. Sunday uh, night was the, the Phoenix win. That's true. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it's like over 48 yeah. hours. But that game last night... Sports, <laughs> sports didn't officially begin until Monday night when Michigan <laughs> no, won no, a no, national you're title. Right. No, yeah. you're right. But that, that, that harkened back to two years ago. That's like it felt like a game from two years ago, like that Phoenix game two years ago when they had no one at the end of the year. And the, remember the Santi Aldama back reverse dunk. Greatest play in NBA history. Yeah, um, that that that's what that game felt like last night, right? Like they had no business winning that game, and they when they dominated. I would say it. both. I would say both Sunday and last night felt like. That. But at least Sunday it was like okay, they played like an awesome fourth quarter and got like they were down double digits going yeah, into the they, fourth basically. But that whole game Phoenix. was like. They would fall behind double digits, and then they would like climb back and take yeah. like a one point lead. They'd fall behind double digits. The fourth right. quarter was just the first time like they took the lead and kept it. And then last night, I mean they 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 kicked the Mavericks' butt. Like they, they down- won every quarter except the last quarter, <laughs> and then they they closed the game on like a twelve three run. And so, even amidst the like gut punch of John Morant's season ending injury, the we just literally had the three best wins of the season back to back to back in the midst of that. Um, it is just kind of crazy to think about. They left here after that Toronto game. What was it, a week ago when they lost to Toronto? Uh, sounds about right. Last Wednesday, maybe. A uh, week ago today. And um, it yeah, felt like a they, low point in the season. Remember, they, you it was were, Wednesday, and then I think they, were, they had travel day Thursday, and then they played Friday in L.A. And yeah, went last way. It was a week ago. Yeah, you're right. Um, and we, you know, remember we talked about if you if you got one win, you'd feel like great on this road trip. Three oh, and oh, never yeah. entered anyone's mind, and they did it by you know, like it wasn't like you know, everyone played for the Lakers, everyone played for Phoenix, basically, everyone played for uh, Dallas last night. And well, the key guys. Yeah, the key guys, yes. But still, it's not like the Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies the lost Grizzlies, John Morant for the last two the games of the trip. The Grizzlies didn't have John Morant or Jaron last night. Yeah, no Jaron, no Santi, no Marcus Smart for the, like... Santi might have been a net positive. <laughs> no Marcus Smart for the last quarter and a half um, of last night's game after he, you know... Yeah, but he made those first two and a half count. Yeah, so it's been a remarkable week for the Grizzlies... Both good and bad, and so um, we gotta we gotta break it down. We're gonna play some buy sell shorter. Go to Reddit here to start today's 
show. Uh, we'll also talk Tigers. They play UTSA tonight at FedEx Forum, 7 o'clock tip. Uh, and then That has to be plus, right? Yes, it is oh, a yeah. plus game. You can, yes. you can sniff that pluser from a mile away. Uh, yes, this will be a streaming-only mm. game tonight uh, unless you are at FedEx Forum. And then uh, we'll talk about uh, the the Liberty Stadium up, uh, developments yesterday. It is officially transferred over to the University of Memphis. And Laird Veach, the athletic director for the University of Memphis, is going to join us at 2.40 to talk about it, get his thoughts on that, maybe ask him about Mikey Williams, Ryan Silverfield, all, all that with the Memphis athletic director next segment. Um, and then 3 o'clock we'll get into the list. Uh, Pete Carroll, fired? We're not using the word fired. I've not seen fired or yeah, even. That's just. Part, we didn't even get parted ways, though, because they're not parting ways. He said he wanted to be back. He's not back today. Yes. It's a, I wish I wish we go back to the days that just. He got fired. No. Well, I guess he didn't get fired. He got demoted. Today, he got demoted. He got fired from the head coaching position. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish we could do it like the Brits do. Yeah. Dude got sacked. Yeah, he got sacked. That's, Chap got sacked. And it, and it fits with, yeah. with football, too. Um,. Also, uh, you can tell the British media is not as controlled by agents as, as ours is. Also, Memphis football has a familiar name uh, coming to its staff. Uh, and uh, Eric Spolstra and Kawhi Leonard both got uh, lucrative contract extensions. Uh, so lots to get to in the list. And then 3.30, uh, David Cobb from CBS Sports will join us. We'll get his thoughts on college football, college basketball. So a packed show. Let's start it off with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey Show, where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey, we're starting off with the Grizzlies. Um, again, what a road trip. Uh, L.A., Phoenix, and Dallas. They're now above 500 on the road, Jeffrey. One of, like, the five or six best records in the NBA on the road. So, I'm just, I'm just a numbers guy. Just looking at pure numbers. Can in a roundabout way, can we just blame Dylan for the home road splits? Because if you looked at Houston's numbers this year, mm, Houston, terrible at, Houston really good at home, mm-hmm. terrible on the road. Although they did get one one here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. But Is it a Dylan problem? Uh, maybe. They, but the Grizzlies go to fourteen and twenty three. They're still four and a half back uh, in the uh, from the ten spot in the play, and still in thirteenth place in the Western Conference, but. Obviously, uh, they're you know things. Well, all right. Here's my buy sell short and We can we can dive into the the particulars of it. All right. But this relates to you know our long standing now um, debate over you know like I'm basically holding out hope that they can be in the play in mix at the end of the year and and you you know, made it you know you think they dug I'm themselves the too big a they dug themselves too big a hole and even with Ja. It's going to be too big of a mountain to climb back up. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, they're without Ja. ja mm-hmm. And so that would seem to you know, tilt things even more that direction. Well, here's my buy, sell, short, go Reddit. This road trip showed you were wrong that the Grizzlies can't contend for the play-in. Mm, fabulous question. Um, I'm obviously going to sell this. I'll get the sneak holes <laughs> out. For the record, three of the most fun games to watch all year. Mm-hmm. Friday night, I think, was the most fun game to watch because it was the Lakers watching that arena file out well, early. And they, like, the Lakers had been the cause of, like, well, their the, misery the, the last year or so. Not only that, like, they had, like, 
you know, they were they like enjoyed poking at you. Dating they, back to the Shannon Sharp game, yeah. the Lakers had really been a thorn in the Grizzlies right. and side. That, that's part of why like I think all in all, I think that was the most fun game. Mm-hmm. It also national TV, but honestly, I don't even care because I don't watch even when the Grizzlies play on ESPN, I don't the only reason I'm watching the ESPN broadcast is if that's the only way you can watch the Grizzlies. Like mm-hmm. they can't do the local, but we could I could be, I could roll with my guys then. Sunday was like the unexpected, like like, let's be real. We all kind of walked into that. No jaw. Jaw's in the sling. And then you're like, well, that's kind of weird. But you didn't have all three guys were playing Correct. for Phoenix. You didn't have super high year. hopes. And you're like, you know what? We got Sunday Night Football on. We got the AFC East Championship game, which I did love. Something like I'd mockingly made fun of, like calling it a championship game. Like, people like bought into that and called it a championship game. I digress. That game was fun, though, because. You kept thinking like, all right, here's the spot where they get knocked out, where Phoenix would go up ten. Like it felt like it felt like there were four different moments in that game where Phoenix would somehow like build a double digit lead, and you're like, all right, that's that's probably it. And then the Grizzlies would just like claw their way back into it. And then you had the way that they closed them out, also fun and awesome. And then last night you kind of got the exorcism of the Luca demons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had a lot of points, but. It felt like yeah, but no, he missed a bunch of shots. But there's normal. also like it's not he even, never had that heater, you it's, know. It's not even that. It's just like it feels like more times than not when they play the Mavs and Luca plays, they never feel like they're even in it. Like most of the times, those games are like ten to fifteen points, and you're just kind of like the pace, everything is just off, and you're just kind of like. No, and, and then he not a lot and then at some point in the game he'll go on one of those stretches where he like scores he or assists 15, on he has 15 points in 3 minutes. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't do that last night. He got no. to the line a bunch um but he never like took over the game at any point. Correct. And like the Grizzlies like I said they they won every quarter. The nice new development mm-hmm. or the second quarters? Yeah. The Grizzlies the Friday night their best quarter was the second quarter. Last night well, the, the look, second quarter they, was their best quarter? They the argument, like, obviously it looked great. If you were going to make the argument, uh, you know, saying, like, basically, like, look, this is just, it's great. Like, they shot the ball extraordinarily well these last three games. It's the first time in Marcus Smart's career he's gone for three straight games of 20 points or more. Um, Here's, if you want to actually make the case, and I still think it's a lukewarm case, but I acknowledge that this is very much a likelihood. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies were probably unlucky in the first 25 games with the amount of threes that t- people made on them. Yeah. Now, some of that was self inflicted Like, there were a lot of... Yeah. You and I would watch it. Like, there were a lot of, like, oh, my God, that guy's wide open. Like, yeah. But there have also been open guys that have miss- missed shots in the last few weeks that has maybe balanced it out. But the biggest problem that I see is that you're basically going to be counting on that this version of the Grizzlies offensively is sustainable, and I do not believe that it's sustainable. The the question I have is more like last night's game was fantastic. Still, like that was kind of fluky a little bit. It felt like <laughs> you shot the ball really well, yeah, and they did. The Suns game is what I'm more interested in because again, you like took some body blows in that game, as you pointed out. You know, you come back and then they take the lead, and you had both Jaron and Desmond Bain in that game. You know, like that's the one in terms of like identifying this. So here's how, here's how I'm going to swerve you on this, Jeffrey. Mm, please do some lawyering. I'm going to sell this too. Mm. I don't think because you know what else happened on this road trip? They lost John Morant, which actually strengthened. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with you, but it certainly strengthens your case 
that they, you know, like ultimately. Well, especially when my biggest concern is offense. Um, you, you know, it strengthens your case that they can't necessarily, they can't contend for the play-in at this point. The fact they lost John Moran on the road trip, as great as these three games are, that hurts your, that hurts, significantly hurts your chances, uh, however low you thought they were to begin with. So, well, I mean, the other thing is, like, you point out they're only four and a half back. Mm-hmm. Mark, they were like four back last week. They're five and a half back, right? They've gained a game by winning these three straight or something like I think I think that's what it I is. believe they've gained a game and a half. Okay. Um, I will say this, though. I still think, even though I, I'm selling it because I don't think it proves that you were wrong. I'm it was st- math. All I was doing was math. I'm still going to, and this might be just plain old hope, and but that's what I think this road trip provided was some hope, right? Something to watch. I know that. Because the other thing that really stood out to me in these three games compared to the other, in the last two, compared to the previous games without Ja, mm-hmm. they didn't feel like lifeless. Like, think about it. Towards the end of that 25 games, and I think psychologically it's understandable. Like, you know, all right, we've got Ja coming back. And so you're maybe, you know, it's just kind of like, you're just trying to slog your way through it. Like, just get through to the end. But those were some of the worst performances, effort, everything that we've seen all year. The last two, like, at least there's been some fight. Yes. And, you know, like, you look at it, it what it what it did for me was just make it feel like, all right, there's still going to be something to watch here. Like, there, there's enough... There, they're going to keep my interest. That's what that's what this three game road trip proved to me. Um, I'm still hopeful that because I don't know. I, I are you in the camp of at this point already? Now that we know Jaws out, listen. I'm not saying tank, but you really like making the play in is not actually in your benefit at this point, anyways. Like, why would you try so, to do that? I'm not all that concerned by it because I look at it this way. You were not. You, there's the amount of good work that mm-hmm. Detroit, San Antonio, and Charlotte have done. You can't really improve your position you, you that much. You can't anyway. really catch them. So, gotcha. the, the only ones that you could, like, you can realistically maybe get with Portland. Yeah, Portland's four, three and a half games behind. So, maybe, but like to me, it's like you weren't really getting into that top three no matter what. But I, here's what I'll say. You're at 14 wins right now. In the Eastern Conference, Atlanta's at 14, Toronto's at 15, Brooklyn's at 16, Chicago's at 17. Yeah, but you got to remember, they're in the East, they get to play each other. Someone's going to have to start okay. winning some games. Okay. So I'm of the opinion that this thing is going to kind of, the roster is going to sort itself out. You're not, you're not, yeah, okay, I see. I'm, I see. Not, I'm not the person that watches last night and goes, they blew it. Like, they blew it. They should have lost no, that game. That was t- no. Because, and, well, it's just, my deal is, if the Grizzlies were sitting sitting here though at six and whatever, then yes, I would have sat there and gone, "You blew it." But like when you've got when you've got the amount of good work that those three teams have done in the losing well, department, it's, it's appropriate tonight. We got Detroit San Antonio tonight, I mean, a big game, big game for that. Who wants to lose less? <laughs> um, so uh, okay, yeah, but I'm I'm but I mean, you still look at it look at it this way, Mark. Forget the numbers. How many back? The whole point is you've got to catch teams. Mm-hmm. They are still going to have to pass the Warriors, and the Warriors' record with Draymond is better than the record without Draymond. As, and this is coming from the number one Draymond hater yes. on the planet. Well, and it'll be, I mean, they've got, because now, and well, here's the question I have with this Grizzlies 
streak here is like, is it just a three-game streak? Are we going to come out of this homestand? Like, are we going to come out of Martin Luther King Jr. Day and they've won five of six? You know, like, go they go two and one on this homestand? I mean, maybe, but there is also an element and then, of like, like, where are okay, you? Okay, like, let's take a look at these three games were fun, mm-hmm. but we even talked about it on Friday. Was Friday going to be a get-right game for the Lakers? Or was Friday going to be, hey, maybe a reminder of, like, they were they were chaotic. You had LeBron mm-hmm. going off on, you know, not speaking to the media and then leaking to the media that he's unhappy. Like, you had all of that going on. You had Darvin Ham que- coaching questions. Then on Sunday, you also have the Suns returning everyone to the lineup. Like, they haven't had a ton of, like, they have not mm-hmm. had a ton of continuity. Their last 10, they're 5-5. Five and five. Really, the first one that was like the, oh, was really last night. Yeah, Mavericks have been playing well. The Mavericks have been playing better. But I also think that was the most, like, that I was. They made, they made a lot of shots. That was, to me, like, that was the easiest one to explain. It's like, but I, Dallas they just, didn't make shots. They it, did. It, did get, it gave me hope that this is going to be, uh, we can have some fun here down these last three months. Is, and, hey, and you know what? I am still holding out hope. I think it's ultimately, I think it's it just stinks as a fan to be, like, rooting for your team to lose. Like, you should, like, to it me. It depends. I want to be invested in them trying to get, get this attain is actually, some sort of goal. And I like the fact that it looks to me what this road what this road trip proved to me is that there's enough there that they can keep it interesting in terms of a, trying to attain a goal of some kind for this season. And I like having that as someone watching the team I, and covering the team. I kind of disagree with that. When you're just rooting for your team to lose for like three straight years, I'm with you. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's that's hopeless. Like that's not even really fun. Like at all. But when you get into a situation where you have a season where everything just goes wrong mm-hmm. and you have an opportunity to add a piece that you clearly desperately need, mm-hmm. like to me, like that's an easier, all right, this is a one-off. Yeah. Like I, I'm able but to. But you're cr- not going to go in. Do you think we're going to go into games at any point this season going, okay, like they need to start losing now? Uh, Wake me up in March, April. Okay. So you think, you if you had to predict today, because my – my whole thing is, like, I think in March and April, they're going to play meaningful basketball games. I do not. You don't? No. No. I mean, you can maybe talk yourself in. You're going to have to be doing a lot of – it's the equivalent of going into September down nine games. Mm-hmm. You're not mathematically eliminated. Mm-hmm. But you're also talking yourself into it. Like, Yeah. Well, to me, do I ever think the Grizzlies are going to play a game in which – they will be able to take over the 10 spot. No, I do not. That's how I would say it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this road trip didn't do it for you. But it was fun. It was a blast. Yeah. Friday night was super fun. Yeah. Sunday was the no apparent reason fun. Yeah. And then, that was the best. It was the, Last night was the best. Well, then last night was the... was the What the hell? It's a Tuesday night. Yeah. Like the random Tuesday... There's also kind of like that element, like in the NBA, it's like, hey, sometimes you can get, like the Grizzlies do have the advantage now of kind of sneaking up on people again. Mm, yeah, yeah that's, like, right. that, that's, that's what they were good at. That's, they were the best so, at. Uh, I think, though, what it also does highlight, they should not have been 6-19 and 19 bad to start the year. Well, they were a little, well, last night is an exception, but they weren't as banged up. They were more banged up at the beginning of the season than they are now overall. Kind of, sort of. But really, the key difference was they were not insisting on playing 
LaRavia. Yeah, no, now you've replaced LaRavia and like most of the Roddy minutes yes. with Vince Williams. Correct. And yeah, no, you got Vince Williams and now, and frankly, the last three games, Marcus Smart has played at a really high level. Like if you can get that version of Marcus Smart for 50 games a season, they'd be really good. Right. But that's, I don't know if that's possible. That's also the. Man, if you just play like something you haven't ever done in your career for the rest of the season. Well, I'm not saying he needs to score 20, 20 in three straight games, but sh- like he, his biggest problem is he doesn't shoot the ball that efficiently, ultimately, on a consistent basis. Right, but if, he if, sh- only, if only yeah. we had a sample size. I know. But, and it's nice when you're in, again, when you're in close games, when you're in games that are decided in the fourth quarter, which it felt like the Grizzlies is especially during those first 25 games, didn't play very many of those. No, the games were usually over by but the But that's third. where Marcus Smart is the most valuable because yes. he, like, comes up with those, you know, weird defensive plays where he gets you an extra possession, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, like, part of his – part of why you want him on your team. Uh, and so it was – it's been fun, and let's see if they can continue it. They're, they're off till Friday. They get the Clippers – followed by Saturday against the Knicks, and then Monday, the Martin Luther King Jr. Day against the Warriors. So um, you know, we'll see. Maybe, what if we come out of this and, they, like I said, they've won five of six? Then, then things might get a little more interesting. I don't know. Yeah, but then there will be another stretch where they lose uh, five of six. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to be optimistic. You're going to choose to believe that they're going to play 800 basketball the rest of the way? No, but just choose to, like, this is the start of one of those nice little streaks you have in the season where you win that's, six or that's seven. That's fine. Seven I've never eight. once said they should be yeah. rooting for L's. No, I'm not I'm not suggesting that. Um, you're implying it. No, I'm just saying I'm I'm more or less. I'm going to choose to be. You're pulling a Calkins here. You're pulling the uh, let Jeffrey be the bad guy. I'm going to choose to believe. I'm not saying to be the bad guy. I just we have a difference of opinion mm-hmm. on it. All right. There's a, there's a game tonight at FedEx Forum. Memphis UTSA, uh, 7 o'clock tip on ESPN+. Plus. The uh, Tigers 13-2 coming off after back-to-back-to-back wins over ranked teams. They've had back-to-back-to-back really close calls uh, against Vanderbilt, Tulsa, and I guess it's really it's four in a row, right? We're Austin, at four in a row. Austin P though, was a different level. Like, Austin P didn't come down to the last possession. Yeah, yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, they play UTSA, who is, I think, other than Jackson State, the worst team they've faced all year, metrically. If you're going by Ken Palm, um, they are the worst basketball. I, I think it's safe to say the worst basketball program in the AAC. Like, I mean, they're they're verging on. They have no history whatsoever, the, and they're, they're terrible. On, you even really call them a program? Yeah, they're they're worst g- team. You know, if you look at the picture, I've never been to their gym, but Jason Munns has, I believe, and he said it's like basically like a, you know, high school gym. You know, like they, they play in a high school gym. By the way, this is not the worst. I game. think there's a stage. You're you're incorrect. Jackson mm. State's ahead of UTSA. Oh gosh. This is the worst opponent they've played since Alabama State. Ah, Alabama State. Okay, so Alabama State's blown. But I, I think it, it, this is a sandwich by game. I Memphis doesn't go to UTSA, but I think if you go to the website and you look, like it's literally like a high school in that there's like a stage within the arena. Multi-purpose. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a multi-purpose yeah. it's a multi-purpose center or whatever. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but they are coming to Memphis tonight. It's obviously a game which that would be... An absolute disaster if you lost it. Lost it. Um, Big be- upset. This arena does have a center hung scoreboard. Okay, there that's you go. an upset. <laughs> there you go. And I that- will say this though: when you look at it and you consider it's the state of Texas, they also have they have the goals that are hanging up 
You know, the, 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 the retractables. Yeah, yeah that's multi-purpose. Had, had you that, know, had that have obstructed views for the play. Yeah, had, had that would have <laughs> There are definitely intramural games played in this arena. Oh, like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, they are having to book. They're having to book in between, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a convocation center. It's enough. It's called the convocation center. There you go. Um, um, and it's been, they've, they've been, it's built in 1975. So it's not even new. And it looks it. But there are definitely Texas high schools that have better basketball facilities than this. 100%. (laughs) Well, Memphis will probably have to go there next year. Yeah, it's like (laughs) there's a track around it, Jeffrey. There's a Uh, track. Up top. There's a track. There's a track track, around it up top. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you didn't see the logos, you'd think, oh, that's like a mega church facility. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, well. Memphis plays UTSA. All right, so here's the uh, here's the question. Here's the vice president. Memphis needs to blow out UTSA tonight. So not only would I like to buy this, I'd like to do what we did in the 20s to cause the stock market crash. I'd like to go take out more loans so that I could keep <laughs> buying this and buying this over and over and over and over and over because stocks only go up. Like that's that's what I would like to do to this. I am very very sick. Of the high school mentality of when you get up and you're playing an opponent, letting everybody play. I understand the merits behind it. This is not high school. They're on scholarship. Play your guys. And I do not want to also hear the argument, well, we're trying to keep everyone happy. You're going to turn the roster over anyway next year. That's what we've been seeing. Like, what would Coach K do? Coach K never, even when he was playing a service academy, he would never put the scrubs in until about the just, last 30 seconds. He would just say, light on the celebrating today, guys. Even yeah. when said scrub was his grandson. Wouldn't even throw him in there. Like, blow wow. him out. This is a, this is a new, you've turned a new leaf. You're citing Coach K in support Absolutely. of an argument. Well, we'll get to also to that. Did you see what Coach Cal pulled on Coach K on his radio show? I didn't know. Mm, he might good, say, might say, might tell say your that. story? Uh, no, let's not even tell your story. That was a that was a spitting facts. Oh. That would be a different one. But this is when everyone goes. How does Memphis have the resume that they do? Which is true, mm. and yet the metrics are what they are. It's because when they play terrible teams, they don't blow them out. Mm. Go beat them by thirty. Well, the line. I think thirty would only. What's the line? Twenty one. Like, well, I mean, I I saw it at twenty. I don't know. Twenty. Yeah. Um, I just think. By the way, you really think Memphis is incapable of beating this team by thirty? No, they are. Um, I think needs is a strong word here. At a certain point, you do need the. You're gonna need the metrics, and when everyone goes, why are the metrics what they are? I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that's the game. I think people overlook that they they have more than the net in front of them, and Memphis does have good numbers in some of the of the four metrics they're using. Sagarin is out, by the way. I couldn't believe it. The, well, Jeff, what happened? I don't know, but he didn't do his. He's not doing like they just they announced it. Sagarin is not going to be one of the mathematical what's, numbers. What's Bart got him at? What's the Torvik got? Well, him Torvik's at? not, but Torvik the the. The committee does not see Torvik. The line, line is 19. The committee sees four metrics. They see the net, they see the Ken Palm number, the KPI, and the ESPN strength of record. Mm, SOR. As of the beginning of this week, Memphis was number eight in KPI and strength of record. Um, so now I think strength of record is going to go down. 
Like, they're going to lose some of it because now they're entering conference play. Well, but then, I mean, there is an element of it could flatten out because I do also think they're, their net's going to go up as the ACC schools and the SEC schools get into conference play because their numbers will start getting inflated. Uh, that's true. Um, I'm selling this. And I'm selling it because I ultimately think if Memphis does what it goes, participation trophy mark. No, if they need, if they go sixteen and two in league play Mm -hmm. and win the conference tournament, they're going to be a top four seed. I don't care whatever the net says. Um, if they do what they're supposed to do in conference play, they will be a top four five seed. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to put my ski poles out on that. Last year, a team got. A four seed with an with the thirtieth net at going into selection Sunday. Um, tennis, I, it's because I told you that. No, well, I had it in my column on Monday. Whatever. I said it on the show. Okay, whatever. Um, nonetheless, I think last year Memphis had a twenty was number twenty two in the net and got an eight seed. Like, Correct. I'm not saying the net is uh, the resume is what matters, but they need to start smoking some folks. I think need is a strong word here. I'm not saying they need to. Like, they'll be fine if they just win. If they just win a lot of games. If they have a gaudy conference record. Like, I'm not, now, now you, where you're right is if they're like 14-4 in league play and they've played a bunch of close games against crappy teams like tonight. Well, the other concern. Then that's where you're in trouble. The other concern is that we're seeing, and I think, now granted, FAU's been a weird team. They've had weird losses all year and then weird wins. But I think what we saw last week is, yet again, this is going to be another league that it's going to be tougher to win in than you're going to get credit for. Yeah. Well, it's not as tough as last year. It's, I mean, it's ninth in those like in the, met, the league metrics I mean, now. what, it was eighth last year? It, was, it had fallen behind the Mountain West last year, but, like, traditionally you could go, well, you know, like, most, most years the AAC's been ahead of the Mountain West. Um, and the West Coast Conference. But now, I believe they're ninth behind Mountain West and the Atlantic 10 this year. And then you got the West Coast Conference, which is kind of, you've, you're still ahead of it, but you're much closer to it than you were. Well, and they've got more friends in the, uh, in the old, they got more friends in the selection room than you do. Um, so, and, and that's the other thing is, to your point, Jeffrey, like, I, I mean, I don't know if, you know, like last year they had a net ranking of 23 heading into selection Sunday and it didn't matter they you know they could have had a there was an argument according to their net rating that they should have been a top 6 seed last year yeah and they were an 8 seed Florida Atlantic well there was an argument they should have been a top Florida Atlantic seed. was the a 13 in the yeah. net and ended up as a 9 seed now you know now I they do- also did you a solid where if you just win that game they gave you the worst number 1 seed which by the way shout out to Purdue I felt like we got our random early conference loss earlier than usual. I feel like we normally make it to February before they have the what? Who do they why? How? Come on. Why is Painter complaining about the court rush? The fact that you made the program into because, a court r- rush worthy because program. Co- I don't know if you know this, Mark. Coaches are sore losers. They, they are. He's just like, oh, like there's no policies. Like, 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 come on. First off. That's a top-down approach. Gene Cady's one of the all-time great sore losers. That's where he learned everything from. <laughs> um, yeah, so, all right, so, but nonetheless, we both agree they should win this game comfortably at least, right? Like, I don't know if they're going to beat the spread. I'll be honest. I don't. Think, I mean, the number's coming down. Um, but do I think they'll ever be threatened tonight? I don't. Um, 
and all you like to me, all that matters is if you win. It would be, let's just say, uh, annoying if it was a close game, right? Yeah. Like, and certainly an absolute abject disaster uh, if you lost it. Oh, thank you to NBA TV watching Draymond run wind sprints. There we uh, go. All right, last buy sell sugar Reddit. We'll make it quick because Laird Veach is going to join us, and this is related to it. Yes, yesterday, and just the the whole stadium process in general, really, since we got wind that Fred Smith was going to donate fifty million dollars and or a challenge gift of fifty million dollars, and they, you know, the university was going to be able to move forward with renovations to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Um, this whole process in the moment yesterday where at city council they approved the minutes from their previous meeting, which officially cemented the ownership transfer of the stadium from the city to the University of Memphis and opened the door for them to start the renovation process. Jeffrey, buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit. We'll remember this as one of the moments that got Memphis into a better conference. The stadium, you know, the stadium renovation. So I'm going to short this. Because I think it'll get sold that way. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it has. If they and I'm not even saying that this is that they're not getting in. I just think it in the end, like what they'll get in is like their numbers just next. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it feels like there's been like a wait list. And as someone who's been sitting on a lot of wait lists for daycare, it just feels like you know you're kind of looking at the you're looking at that spreadsheet and you're like, all right, well we're third up, we're fourth up. It's like eventually I think their number is going to get called because I think that they've made it very clear whatever the system looks like, they want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be one of the schools that I think will do what it takes to be a part of it. And so I think eventually their number gets called. Yeah, this is tough. I'm going to say I buy it. You know what? I'm going to pull on out of I'm gonna go to Reddit on this one. Mm, there's, I'm gonna go to Reddit. Another heroic decision. Well, no, because I think the people. I think to your point, the people are gonna remember it as the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it gets sold that way, and um, it does. We talked about it previously. It does show, and to your point, like they want to be in the system. It showed a certain level of wherewithal by Memphis to get this all done. Like they oh, had yeah. to, oh. they had to pull. You know, yes. Oh, yeah, they're only absolutely. raising you know, the pl- their plan is to raise fifty million dollars. They had to pull a lot of strings and and do a lot of things to make this all happen. And we're going to talk to Laird Veach about it next. We'll get his thoughts on the stadium and more. The Memphis Athletic Director joins us next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special finance only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. FMESPN. Or one thing. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Laird Beach is the Vice President and the Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at the University of Memphis. You can go follow him on Twitter on X at Laird Beach. Kind enough to join us now. Laird, I want to start with this first question. Why does the school want to own Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium? <laughs> uh, well, there, there, it's a, it's a pretty, there's a pretty in-depth answer to that. Let's hear it. Uh, after a lot. Out of a lot of uh, consideration from a lot of directions, um, you know, obviously part of it's financial, uh, but part of it is, is really kind of like controlling your own destiny. You know, it puts you in a position where you can make decisions about, you know, your your the the largest and you know primary venue um, you can own, and you know it, it has a big impact not only financially but on the kind of fan experience you can provide. Um, and you know, I, I would tell you that part of it's perception, right? You, you, you. How if you look at yourself from uh, the lens of other schools and conferences, um, other folks out there, there, uh, the vast majority of those schools, you know, own or at least uh, you know control their own stadium. Um, and you know, big part of it too is that it obviously because of the the way it's it's positioned, it sort of unlocks the the um, you know the opportunity to to renovate this stadium and and get it to a level that we needed to get to. So. Uh, it, it, it's a, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of things to manage in the, in the years ahead, but uh, it is unquestionably a great thing for for the university overall long term. Yeah, I, I was curious just from, a, I guess, an a, a emotional standpoint, Laird, yesterday finalizing the political process of this, if you will. Uh, you still got a fundraising arm of this that you got to go through and then a, a construction part of it that you've got to go through, but is is the political slash, and I get you know there's still more financial stuff that you've got to acquire, if you will, to to make everything happen. But it was this the part that feels like it's the hardest in these facilities projects, or do you feel like this next part that you're now entering is going to ultimately be the the part that is the most arduous? Uh, I'm just curious, like like it, obviously yesterday, did it feel like you got over the hump, if you will? Yeah, well, I would say that. I, I definitely feels like we got over the hump. I mean, you feel like now that this is this is going to happen. It, it is. It is. You know, it's official. It's moving forward. Uh, now, there's certainly you know a lot of due diligence and uh, you know contract work, attorney work, a lot of 
a lot of things in the background that we're working through that they got to be done. But in terms of, you know, um, if you were to look at it from like a risk analysis of, of is this, this, uh, this transfer and the renovation all going to happen, now you feel really confident that now it's just the, the, in terms of hard, in terms of working hard, <laughs> in a lot of ways, the work is ahead of us. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the, the political part is, is challenging and, um, and difficult, but, you know, as I've, I've told our staff, um, it, it, the, the next few years, we're going to have a ton of work to do. It is, it is a massive lift to take over ownership of a stadium like that. We were trying to think of, you know, if it's happened in recent years, comparisons and other schools that are out there, just, it's, it's just not something you can draw an experience for. You know, you got to really uh, be thoughtful about how you approach it all. Um, so in, in the, the transition, the you know, just the management of the stadium, the operations of the stadium, and of course the the fundraising and the construction and all those things. Um, and you know, even financially, the next few years, it gets more difficult before it gets better. You know, the, the time it gets better is once you get renovation done and, you know, you've addressed a lot of the long-term issues that have been there, but you also, you know, then you have obviously the, the, the kind of premium amenities that um, generate significant revenue for, for programs that we just haven't had before. Does it feel like now you're in the construction business? <laughs> in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, you know, I, I will tell you though, just personally, it's if I had to pick one thing that I really just uh, love about um, this profession, it's 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 raising money and building buildings. I mean, it's that those things are a lot of fun. Um, they're challenging, uh, but they are they are really exhilarating. And in part because you feel like you're really having a big impact on a place. You know, it's. As administrators, you know it, we, it's really all about coaches and student athletes doing all the all the fun stuff, and you're there to support them. But this is a way you feel like you're really having a, a tangible impact, and and you get to see kind of the the um, the emotional kind of rallying part of that for for your fan base, for your donors, um, the momentum that brings for everybody, the energy. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it is a ton of work, but. Um, it's it's really I, you know I've had the chance to do it a couple of places in pretty significant ways and it's just a really it's a, it's an awesome uh, opportunity for for everybody involved. We're talking to Laird Veach, the athletics director at the University of Memphis. He's also now I, I guess the I guess you know you're not the owner of a stadium, but you are going to be uh, essentially running it as long as you're the athletic director at <laughs> at Memphis now. Um, I'm curious, building manager. Yeah, no, well. So obviously part of this is now you've got to raise this $50 million to match the challenge gift from Fred Smith and his family. Um, so, I, you know, I, I want to give you a chance to kind of sell some stuff here, Laird. Like, what, what are we – I know, like, the finalized plans have changed now because, you know, it's been a, lot, a long time since you first introduced these plans. It was you know, almost two years ago at this point. Um, and, you know – a lot of things have changed in society. Probably some of the things you want to get are different now. Like, can you give us a general sense? Like, what what are, what is Memphis going to be getting with this two hundred twenty million dollar project if if all the money gets raised like you, you plan it to? Yeah, you know, I, I would say essentially, you know, what we what we've talked about before, which is you know, you know, transforming the west side of that stadium, um, changing the way we we look dramatically. Um, you know, activating the halo and that space out there, um, you know, addressing some of the long-term issues that are there and also, you know, finding ways to really impact all the fans with, 
you know, the concessions and, and those hospitality kind of things, areas that as you, as you come into the stadium. I mean, it is, we're, you know, we're going to get all that. It may not look exactly the same, but it'll look very similar, and, and all the same components are, are, are there. Um, and that's a lot of what we're working through right now. So, you know, everybody wants to know, okay, what exactly is going to be? When exactly are we going to start? And I am, like, dying to get that going. But we have to take a moment to sort of step back and look at it through a new lens of, you know, we, we were involved before, but, you know, th- there's a difference when you're in an ownership position. And, and you know, they, while all those same elements may, may be there, the priorities in terms of timing may shift a little bit. Um, and and it, it does allow you to look at, look at uh, the stadium more long term. You know, you can think about it as, you know, phases over time, which is what the vast majority of, of places have done across the country that have really, you know, renovated or transferred their stadium. You, you take it in, in phases and chunks. Um, with all that, um, it, it is it is going to be uh, dramatically different. It, it, it just modernizes the, the the facility, and you know, for all of us that are in the profession or, or go around in other places, big fans or folks in the media like yourselves, you've been to other other stadiums, and you know, you know, the level of amenity um, and the experience that your 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 fans can have in particular. And we're going to be able to provide that for the first time, and it's it's uh, that part's exciting, and it, and it gives you a chance to really engage with your fans at a higher, deeper level in a way that they're more excited about. And it, you, what what you find is when you build things like that, you have uh, more fans come to the surface because suddenly it's kind of the place to be, and and they get an experience that they just have never had before. So it's um it's impactful on a lot of levels, and you know those those same kind of things are, are going to be there. Does it feel like it's harder than ever to get people into the building now? Um, you know, I, I think, you I mean, in terms of just getting people to football games? Yeah, it just, it just feels like in general, like now everyone's having to think of all of the, you know, I, what are incentives to get people into the building? Because now it's like we can, I can watch my team whenever I want. And so now I have to think about fan experience maybe in a way that I used to not have to. It's like... How can, you know, it does feel like that is, seems to be a big topic of conversation amongst people in your profession. Yeah, no question. Any question. And that's, that's been, you know, certainly an evolution you've seen over the last, you know, several years, really, as, as the onset of digital television and, and then the bigger TVs and all those things. That's, you know, it's kind of one of those things, how, how competition, you know, creates, um, you know, creates excellence. You know, it's when you when you when you have to find a way to make the fan experience better to get them show up, and it makes you think about things differently, get more creative, reinvest back into the experience. Um, you know, that's a that's a demand we've all been trying to, you know, trying to address in different ways. Um, and this is just a a, a really big shot in the arm in that direction. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it's it's really it, it is it's a challenge. Um, you know, obviously it's across the it's not just in Memphis; it's everywhere. But um, you know, especially when you're in an outdated venue, I mean, it makes it even harder. You know, because people people want that finer, more comfortable, you know, kind of experience. I'm not trying to pin you down on a date, but the original plans were. We wanted to have this thing, you know, at least mostly done by the beginning of the 2025 football season. Is that date now, I don't know if the word negotiable is right, but like is that is that maybe going to change? Is that flexible? Are they, how, how, in general terms, where are you at on that in terms it, of the process? Yeah, I, I think that there's a chance that changes. I think flexible could be a term you use. I think the, the, the real answer is, we should know in the coming weeks, and I, yeah. I really want to be able to get to an answer on that as soon as 
as soon as we can for obvious reasons, not just for our fans, but for our own sake and planning and, you know, the financial piece and all those things. There's a lot to that kind of kind of rides on on those kind of decisions. But, you know, how and when we start and how it impacts the next season and the seasons after, you know, it's that's a that's a, the, a key decision we got to get to. Um but we're not quite there yet. We got to assess the plan a little bit more, and we got to get more information. Really, it's basically about um, looking at the design, making sure it's exactly what we feel like is are the priorities, and also then matching it up with our new funding formula. You know, and the timing of those those funds. You know, because it's you got 120 million dollars that that's going to be there, but you also have to raise 50, and you got the the match, and those are pledges that come in. Uh, you know, over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, there's just a lot of the the financial piece uh, putting those things together that you gotta you gotta marry up and you gotta make sure that you're doing it responsibly, right? It's it's not my money, it's donor money, it's state money, it's it's others. We gotta make sure we're you know we're doing right by that and mm-hmm. and making you know smart choices. Well, it does feel like a good time to be raising money. You've got a football program that's you know as as good as it's been in 5 years really really rolling into the off season with a lot of momentum you got a top 15 basketball program uh you got a stadium now that you own um <laughs> i imagine that makes it easier <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it, that you know, momentum is a huge thing in our in our business and and, and we we got it right now we need, and we do need to take advantage of it we need to you know, in, in my old linebacker days, it's time to shoot the gap. You know, we got we got to take this opportunity and really run with it and and maximize it now because you know those things don't always line up together, but they're here in front of us now, and it's it's important that you know it's important not just for the near term but for the long term of this place. We 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 need to take advantage of the opportunity. Laird, on the the secondary fundraising, so that additional fifty million dollars, it's one of the biggest undertakings that we've seen the school have, like. Without giving away like the whole plan, like how realistic, how feasible do you think it is to to actually get that additional fifty million dollars? Yeah, I do. I do think it's feasible. I think it's. I think it is realistic. Um, you know, we we looking at. We've been, of course, thinking about this from a campaign standpoint for quite some time. We didn't know exactly what the number was going to be or how it all would play out. But uh, when when you look at our our fan base, our uh, our donor community, our corporate community, there is there's significant capacity here um and there is real passion for the tigers uh, and when you combine that with such a tangible opportunity like the stadium and what you know what's what's always nice is when they get something out of it right with really nice sure. suites and club seats and all that um and on top of that you you layer on um the credibility and um let's say kind of positive pressure from the Fred Smith family to, uh-huh. <laughs> to, and the gift that, you know, that just the positive the, example the message that that sent from him and from that family to the importance of this for the city, not just for Tiger fans and Tiger football, but overall and recognizing that is, is huge. I mean, it just, it, it gives us such a, um, you know, such a credible, um, sort of base to work from when we're, when we're talking to people about the importance of it. And, and that now is the time to take advantage of it, and it's all lined up. But we have to have our people step up at levels that they've never stepped up before, right? But it's there, and, and, and I, I believe they believe it. And even, I can tell this from the early conversations we've had with folks. There's a lot of energy around it. There's a lot of excitement about it. And there's a, there's a recognition that um, we need to take advantage of the opportunity. So 
um, it's it's not easy. It's a it's a big number, <laughs> and it is, and it's going to take a lot of people saying yes. Um, but I but I believe it's there, and I, I I really feel good about you know the opportunity to go make it happen. How much does that fundraising arm impact the timeline? Um, it, it well it impacts it quite a bit because you don't want to overextend, right? So sure. So, and one of the things we, we, we've talked about uh, kind of more internally, but is this, this phasing concept and, you know, taking on the, 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 the west side to the east side transition and then taking on the west side. And then, you know, maybe you, 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 you pocket a, a portion of it and do it at the end. And, you know, so some of those dollars we got to figure out, we're going to do 220 and we're going to, we're going to, you know, meet that match or we're going to get there. But, you know, can you commit to a certain amount from a, what you sign on the dotted line with with a contractor, um, and keep it going, and then and then keep raising, and then you know finalize it on the on the back end. So it may have to be a little different in terms of our approach, but it's it's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of you know really it's a matter of how how fast our people say yes, right? And how 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 quickly they're they're willing to commit. Um, and then you know there's a lot of a lot of you know financing and and um, you know things in the background that have to have to come together. Is there anything we, we missed? Anything that we should have asked? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, not that I could think of. I just we're super excited. Um, you know, I I do really appreciate how everybody's come together. The- Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.